Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today... <laughs> today, Ringo has something to say. What is oh, because oh, he's sitting on my chair, but his bone fell on the floor. So let me just grab that for him. Not his bone. Uh, while Kim's grabbing that, uh, today we're talking about 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim up to 59% remembrance. And individually today we will be talking about A. Sekigahara up to 71%, Keitaro Miura up to 75%, and Shu Amiguchi up to 85%. We're getting into some some late stuff here. Yeah, it's, it's starting to feel like every portion of the game that we do mm-hmm. is starting to reveal like a piece of the puzzle or at least like the pieces are starting to fit together yeah yeah um and i do want to say i think this game does something really good it is really good at making you feel like you're playing the right section next Mm -hmm. or they just lead into each other really well and it's like well we just learned about this character here so i'm going to keep going with this you know i don't know i don't know which it is yeah it's it definitely feels like no matter what we play there is some synergy with the other bits that that we've been playing um so i think it's just a testament to how well these like stories are all like you know interconnected to each other yeah yeah uh it's it's good (laughs) you know i I don't know The, the the writing is is i think this is unchanged from what we've said in the past the writing is good for like most of it yeah uh and especially like the 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 story stuff like the stuff in the world of the game the writing is good but anyway we could talk more about that in a moment because i know right now kim you have some bullshit i do i do have some bullshit for us so join me if you will for a trip to the movies mm. with the 13 sentinels um okay. so this is just sort of uh thinking about how they act at the movies where they sit the snacks they eat things like that okay so we're going to start with everyone's least favorite man, Renya Goto. He sits in not the like very first row, but the first row in like the second level, you know? Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like dead center. He just like sits there. He sits completely still. He does not react to anything happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. He does not eat any snacks. Mm-hmm. When the movie is over, he just stands up and walks out. Mm-hmm. And if you try okay. to ask him his opinion about the movie, he like just doesn't see any reason to talk about it yeah because like what's the point it's in the past like we yeah we already saw the movie it's over (laughs) now do you think he arrives like exactly at the moment that the movie starts or do you think he's a trailers guy this is a great question i think he does arrive early because Mm -hmm. he wants to get that seat that seat sure so does he arrive before they even start showing the ads like he arrives to a dark theater where it's just him and the attendants. Maybe. And then sits completely silently, perfectly straight, and then watches all yeah. the credits. And that then fits the like serial killer vibe. Doesn't yes. It? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So most everyone else is sitting in the back. And this is at Shu's insistence. He wants ah. to sit in the back row. He has his feet up on the chair in front of him. He is, quote, whispering, but at some points just talking to yeah. his friends the entire time. Sometimes he's on his phone. He is eating a giant thing of popcorn. He is getting shushed constantly. Nice. And one of the main shushers is Megumi Yakushiji. Mm-hmm. She refuses to eat any of her snacks before the movie starts and insists that everyone she's with does the same. Mm-hmm. Like, she's one of those people who's like, no, don't start him during the trailer 
spoilers because then you're not going to have it during the movie. Mm -hmm. She has very strong opinions about the perfect place to sit. But the only reason that she relents and goes and sits with everybody else is because Juro just goes along with what she wants. Of course. Miura also they're painfully polite repeatedly asking Shu to be quiet um but like in a sort of a wet noodle kind of way mm -hmm. um and apologizing to other guests on his behalf mm -hmm. he has some like very benign generic candy like red vines or something yeah an un unbuttered popcorn that he eats one kernel at a time yeah, yeah yeah the he he had one bite of popcorn with the like extra like pump butter one time and uh had heart palpitations from the salt <laughs> Right. Um, so he doesn't do that anymore. Right. I mentioned Juro is there. He laughs uh, nervously along with Shu's loud jokes, but quietly he is dying inside every mm. time Shu opens his mouth. Juro gets a small bag of popcorn, but doesn't finish it because it's too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit yeah all right yeah. um ogata on the other hand laughs loudly and confidently along with shu's jokes um mm. he also has his feet on the seat in front of him he periodically throws popcorn at tomi in a flirtatious way um and he's just being generally obnoxious mm -hmm. that being said ogata is the one who gets up in the middle of the movie to refresh everyone's drinks and snacks so oh, at least there's that Okay. Yuki also shushes Shu, but she's the only one who succeeds in shutting him up because she also threatens to hit him. She mm. brings her own Takis from home. <laughs> okay. Natsuno showed up just as the previews were ending, so she sits wherever there's a spare seat. Um, she like she tried to be on time, but you just you know mm. her. She has this like huge thing of Twizzlers, and she's completely engrossed in the movie the entire time. Like you couldn't break her concentration if you tried. Mm -hmm. And Yuki actually, when she sees that Natsuno is sitting by herself because she showed up too late to get a seat somewhere else, or like with everybody else, um, she goes and sits with Natsuno. Yeah. Tomi also talks during the movie, making snarky comments, trying to make people laugh, but like in a more quiet, subtle way. Usually she succeeds in making mm -hmm. people laugh. She brings her own candy. She brings a ton of it. Um, there's a lot of variety and it's like the good shit. Like it's yeah. really good. It's a step above movie theater candy, you know? Mm -hmm. Iori shares Tomi's candy haul and inevitably falls asleep during the movie. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> Ryoko is having a terrible time. Uh, the loud noises and the bright lights are like too much for her. Uh, she gets a headache, drops her Mike and Ike's on the floor and has to leave. She is <laughs> escorted out by a Sekigahara um, who takes her home on his like little self-driving motorcycle. He really doesn't mind because he didn't care about the movie anyway. Right. He um, already knows how this one ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hijiyama tries to sneak an entire yakisoba pond into the theater and nearly yeah. gets in a fight with the ticket taker. But when he realizes that, like, no matter what he does, he's not going to get the yakisoba pond in there, he <laughs> uh, eats the entire thing in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, so then when he goes in, he's like too pissed off to enjoy the movie, both because of that and because he doesn't understand why nobody wants to sit in the front row, which he assumes is the best <laughs> seat in the house. He's like, why would you not want to be as yes. close as possible? Yes. Yes. Do you think Hijiyama is also confused why there's no news before the movie starts? <laughs> Where's the newsreel? <laughs> yeah, Where's probably. the newsreel? What's going on? Probably. Where are the shorts? Right. <laughs> He's having a tough time. Really good. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I literally have nothing to add. Everything you said was perfect. Um, and it honestly felt like a, kind of a short story. So I kind of was just here for, along for the ride. Um, thank um, you. I'm glad you I loved it. it. Really, really good. <laughs> Here's a question. What movie were they seeing? I feel like 
Transformers 2. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was like a lob because I thought for sure the answer was just Morbius. Um, But... But I guess maybe oh, we've, I wish we've, I'd thought of that. we've aged out of that meme already, maybe. It's, yeah, it's uh, Morbin time has already, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, expired. Yeah, we just have to wait for Sony to release it in theaters a third time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so should we get into it, do you think? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it with the story of A, Seki, Gahara. Okay, so uh, in the first uh, story we did, which is A to 42%, um, he meets Iori in the schoolyard. He's come to school to learn more about Nurse Morimura to understand, like, why he killed her um, in the hopes of recovering his memories. Mm -hmm. He now assumes that he killed her to prevent her from operating or executing Operation Aegis. Mm-hmm. Outside in the schoolyard, Iori and A run into Tomi, and Tomi seems very like skeptical or uncomfortable about A for reasons that I don't think we necessarily know yet. I don't think so. Just, just the st- we've only seen A in Tomi's story in the future with Ryoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the only the only interaction they've had right. as of yet. Yeah. So since Morimura is out because she is dead, uh, her <laughs> office is locked. So Yori lies to a teacher to get the key. Um, didn't know you had it in you, Yori. Uh, inside, A finds the oral NM medicine on Morimura's desk, mm-hmm. um, which he knows are nanomachines, along with some records showing that Ryoko, Juro, and Shu have all been given nanomachine treatment. Which I, I, I just have to say. If you're like masterminding this entire operation <laughs> with like, you know, yeah. uploading kids with nanomachines and stuff, like maybe do a better job of keeping your secret drugs and files mm-hmm. like secret. She's just keeping them out on the They're desk. They're just out. It, 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 he didn't have to do any digging. It was just on the desk. One and was we ins- know, we know that she could lock the desk. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, just a tangent. I was like, why is all this stuff just available? Just out there. It's yeah. just out. I mean, not even even in uh, like other scenes we've seen. It's like people have just been like hanging out in the nurse's office. And it's right. like, oh, interesting. Juroizumi. So, yeah, not great. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we know that uh, the desk drawers are locked because uh, A tries to open them uh, and can't. So Iori runs out. and She's like, I bet I can tell another lie to get that key. <laughs> While she's gone, Megumi walks in and she and A pull guns on each other, which is apparently something that they like to do together. And he asks if she's working with the men in black, but she insists, oh, I'm only doing what you, A, told me to do. We don't find out what that means because suddenly Tomi walks in and steps in between the two of them. She's kind of like, stop it. You guys can't do this. It's like, <laughs> it's, um, like sort of silly mm-hmm. that she's not more freaked out about two people pointing guns at each other at <laughs> yes. her school. Um, yes. So Megami leaves. A is like, what's your problem? And Tomi sort of sarcastically responds, I guess I'm just a hopeless busybody. And this sparks a memory for A. Mm-hmm. So we get a flashback to a destroyed facility. A has like shown up here and doesn't know where he is. So he looks at uh, like a monitor and learns he's in an underground Shikishima android lab in the year 2104. When he examines an android, he gets hit with a 
a headache. Apparently, this has been happening to him a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suddenly, two androids come to life and start walking at him menacingly. And then Tomy walks in and shoots them both. Which I guess is worth noting that they are just the the exterminator bodies that they ran into in the future as well. Those scary things. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tomy's like, you should not be in here snooping around. Um, But also you can't go uh, up to the surface because it's covered in lethal levels of radiation. Yeah, cool. Very chill. Mm -hmm. So he asks who she is. She says, clearly, I'm just a hopeless busybody. That was where the memory came from. And he explains he doesn't know how he got here. So Tomy's like, all right, well, uh," Ringo is being so loud. Uh, uh. (laughs) Tommy says, "Okay, so you have been infected with a code called DD426. Uh It is basically like a computer virus that causes nanomachines to separate from the brain. When that happens, it causes irreversible brain damage. That is the source of his headaches and memory loss. Mm -hmm. She offers to provide him with pills that will slow the effects if he agrees to help Tommy escape the lab by using the shifter because only people with nanomachines can use the shifter. And at this point, A is like, oh, you're not a person, you're an android. And we Mm -hmm. see like part of her like android leg is exposed. Did you notice that at all before before he said this? Okay, immediately. I I did not notice it until like right before he was like, oh, you're an android. I saw I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. 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 So this is this is. I think we can assume that the Tominator bot, which I have questions about, but we can get there later, I guess. I I, I don't. I think we find out exactly. uh, Okay, so you do think it is. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) A remembers Okino telling him about an AI that stole an android and escaped. And uh, Tomi says, oh, Okino, you should ask him about DD426. No one knows more about it than he does. So anyway, A... uh, Decides to accept Tommy's deal. Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a good start. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is a good. Uh, I feel like a juicy story. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like no matter what order you play this stuff in, it, it lends to revelations in a really good mm-hmm. way. And I just feel like we did like a great combination of of rounds today. Yeah. So next up. Oh, wait, uh, before we oh. I just have. A little bit of a theory connected to this one. So I think this lab, Mm -hmm. like that's just, this is the underground spaceship, right? Yeah. That's what I think, yeah. So my theory is the underground spaceship is a human spaceship that brought them all here. Uh And so when we talk about the Aegis Protocol preventing people from returning to their worlds, they mean... Whatever they're doing will like whatever happens with the Aegis Protocol, it will prevent the spaceship from being functional to take them back to Earth. Mm -hmm. That -hmm. is my theory. Okay, yeah, I think that tracks. (laughs) I have some stuff that I want to say, but I'll wait until later. Okay, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to skip to. No, 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 I I just didn't want to. I'll wait until uh, my stuff becomes relevant. Um, So next up, we have a up to 57 percent. So that brought us to. That brought us to 42. Mm-hmm. Now we're going up to 57. And it starts out with a once again in Sutsuji, um, just chilling out at nighttime. He thinks about the android um, and he thinks about the Tomy that he met at the schoolyard was different uh, than the one from the underground lab. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and Correct. then he gets and then he gets paged on his communication device. Once again, the voice is like, I'm your partner when a asks like how like i i don't know you who are you uh the voice is just like well we were working we were working together to uh save everybody 
by preventing Operation Aegis. Uh, and the voice says that Morimura deceived those who came from the other sectors and that Operation Aegis will cause, quote, total annihilation. This is just like completely Ida, right? Like this is just fully. So I think so. But also I recognized the voice this time. Oh, that's as... what I was about to pipe up. It's the cat's voice. Interesting. Mm hmm. And huh. I do think that the cat is Ida. I also have theories about the cat. I also, ha- I also have theories about the cat. <laughs> yes. Um, interesting. 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 Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So the, the voice, the voice explains that, that a was supposed to retrieve information from a data unit, but that that unit uh, is now jeopardizing their escape and must be destroyed. Um, and that that unit is at Sakura high school along with dun, 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 not no Minami. The unit is BJ. It's BJ. Uh, and then A thinks to himself that he doesn't really trust the voice, but will play along in order to recover his memories, which is exactly what he also did with Iori in, mm-hmm. in two, or, two, two rounds ago when he was like, yes, you, <laughs> friends. My good friend, you. Yeah. So he shows up at the school and speaking of Iori, finds Iori talking to Natsuno, but does not know it's Natsuno. And she just mm-hmm. like walks right past him. And then he, he reveals that like, oh, I don't actually know who you are. Like my memories are lost. And he asks her about the uh, note that he found near Morimura's body, which mm-hmm. we thought was a phone number. And then Miwa walks up and starts talking to Yori about like, oh, are you are you dating this guy? What base have you gotten to? She was like, did you get to first base? Second base? You yeah. move fast. Yeah. It's like, which oh, my is, God, Miwa. Which is not the only time that bases come up in these <laughs> chapters, which is very funny to me. And then Yori's like, oh, maybe, Miwa, do you know what this note is? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's it's that that new telephone messaging service. Uh, which I think is just really funny because it's the 80s mm-hmm. and like phones are still kind of, you know, very 80s. Yeah, really 80s. <clears throat> so you can it's it's a there's a messaging service that allows you to leave messages, pre-recorded messages for friends or family. And you just need the the user or, you know, whatever code number and mm-hmm. the password. So then he's like, oh, OK, cool. Thank you. Hey, do you know Natsuno Minami? And he already's like, oh, yeah, she just left. <laughs> he's like, fuck. Um, he's like, well, missed my chance. Yeah, I guess, I guess this I guess this blows blows my chance. Um, but then he sees Jiro and uh, Megami leaving the school and like as Jero's walking away, he's like, oh, that's Jero Izumi and recognizes Megami as that girl who pulled a gun on me uh, <laughs> and then just follows them, which is another thing that I didn't realize until you pointed it out in our text chain that like this is such a common thing in this game of somebody seeing another person walk off screen and go, yeah, I'll follow them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a good next place to go is wherever they're going. <laughs> so then a I guess breaks into the Karabe house. I mean, it's, it's just like the door's just always open. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. And pulls his gun on Megami. Joe runs in and like puts himself between the two. Uh, and then a just b- pops him, uh, and knocks him out. <laughs> uh, and she's like, don't worry. He's just, I, I you know, my phaser was set stunned. to stun. Yeah. yeah. So he's just stunned. It's not a big deal. Um, and then asks, Megami, who ordered her to shoot him? And she says, the brains behind this whole thing is sitting on the TV and there's nothing on the TV until there is. Uh, <laughs> and Fluffy is just hanging out. He just phases into view. Yeah, He's like, that was hey, wild. Hey, what's up? <laughs> He's extremely annoyed and just immediately begins negging A and it's like, ah, humans are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then uh, Fluffy reveals that A previously tried to, quote, escape the game, which is, I guess, just the the kaiju fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, quote, came crawling back after learning some new information. Interesting. I I, I had Mm -hmm. to actually so I had to replay or I had to play Megami's chapters this week because I actually spoilers just watched it on YouTube last week. Um, I I think you made the right choice. Well, I had to play it anyway, so it didn't really matter. And Fluffy also refers to stuff as the game in those sections as well. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So interest it's just interesting that he just keeps calling it a game mm. a has a lot of questions and and fluffy ne- and then notices that like oh a's memory is gone mm-hmm. and a is asking fluffy all these questions and fluffy's just like why don't you ask the person behind you and uh mira runs in and just like busts a right in the face yeah um, really gets them good really gets them mira recognizes a but a doesn't recognize mira's face but does recognize his name Mm -hmm. because in a flashback um, this shit is wild this shit rules uh in shikishima sentinel hangar uh in 2064 tamal karabe is hanging out which another another thing the computers for these things are just on the ground like tamal had to bend (laughs) over to use the computer and then when a uses the computer he also has to bend over like why it's just like an ipad that someone (laughs) left there (laughs) put on the ground and plugged it in um it's very funny so tamal is there uh with sentinel number 17 uh a says he came to like update the memory or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's revealed that uh, 17 is basically self-aware it's powered by a self-aware ai uh that calls itself Keitaro Mira and A refers to to the AI as such uh, and the AI is like oh wow you like you're using my name real name yeah Yeah. and A's like well I don't know you said you were human right like you used Mm -hmm. to be human so like I should just you know I'm gonna use your name (laughs) and it's like wait come up here so we can talk face to face (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) face to face being A standing directly in gun that is the sentinel's face (laughs) the giant gun that sentinel number 17 is (laughs) that was good and basically explains that he's been uh mira explains that he's been poking around the mainframe of the ufo and learned that it was created in 2188 uh quote even further in the future than ida and the others um and that there was a massive report on 2188 which uh it is in the process of currently decoding and then tells a that they believe that Morimura was the one who encrypted the report, so uh, it thinks that Morimura has ulterior motives. And then tells A that, like, you know, don't worry if this stuff gets deleted. I have a copy in my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so if Morimura finds out and deletes, you know, whatever, that's fine. I have it. I'm just still uh, decrypting it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then requests that if Sentinel number 17 suffers extensive damage, that A recover the memory block at all costs. Uh, to which A agrees. And then Mira asks, we're friends, right? And A says, <laughs> of course we are. That hit me right in the heart. Yeah, moment. dude. That was so sweet. I I love these lads. I love yeah. these lads. I like this friendship a lot. Mm, yeah. Boy and his robot friend. A boy and his robot. Who is also kind of a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's they, it gets there's layers there. Yeah, <laughs> there's layers there because it's it's I think Tamau says like it believes it's human. I think maybe, but then um, <laughs> A is like, oh, you said you were once human, which are mm-hmm. two extremely different things. Yeah, very much so. So I think that distinction is neat. But anyway, 
So now we're going up to 71 percent. Um, starting off back in Sutsuji is like, let me sort out my thoughts. So you like do a bunch <laughs> of shit in the thought cloud, which <laughs> ultimately uh ends with a considering his phaser and to consider it he must uh literally consider it and pull it out right in front Mm -hmm. of his face unfortunately he does that in front of a cop who's like okay i'm gonna need to take you in for questioning because you just pulled a gun out in the middle of this uh street full of pedestrians (laughs) so he's like oh fuck and grabs the gun and bolts Mm-hmm. And where he finds himself is the alley uh, that he woke in after woke up in after apparently killing Mallory Mora. Mm-hmm. Um, he notes that like her death is still not public. So he's like, well, as long as I'm here, maybe I'll think about the clues that I found here. And so you examine the number and it's like, OK, yeah, this is the number for the, you know, the message service. Yeah. And he looks at the key and he realizes it has a button on it. That little emblem was actually a button. And when he presses it, in comes his futuristic self-driving Tesla motorcycle. Woo! The the bike has like an AI in it and like a whole like screen and shit. And the AI uh, identifies the registered drivers as A and Mori Mora. <gasps> Weird. Yeah. Um. So A accesses the travel log and finds out, OK, the bike has repeatedly gone to two places. One is Sakura High School and another that he can't identify. So he decides to check it out. Um, So on the way, while he's sort of like driving on the highway, but I guess the the bike is driving. So um, yeah, he's just chilling. (laughs) Yeah. So he can he has time to uh, watch some videos. And there are uh, two video messages uh, from A to A. Uh, The first one, he instructs himself to acquire the data logs from 2188 and to prevent Morimura from executing Operation Aegis. The second is like kind of an update Mm -hmm. and it documents A's previous discovery, which we saw last week, that Yori Fuyasaka is Chihiro Morimura. Um, And he's like, well, in light of that, do I still want to stop her from executing Operation Aegis? And he concludes with, the answer is obvious, isn't it? Uh, It is not. It's not obvious to us, and it is not obvious to present-day A, who's like, what did I decide? They're clearly in love. They do seem to be in love. (laughs) By the way, I realized why I like that romance so much, even though it's so bad, is because it's just like a rom-com romance. Hmm. It's just nonsense. And it I is love fully that. nonsense. Yeah, I, guess I love that's that true. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the bike arrives at his destination, which happens to be the abandoned factory where we see Hijiyama and Okino hanging out. So Hijiyama walks out, sees A, recognizes him, uh, and he's like, oh, hey, you're back. And he's like, uh, yeah, sure, because he doesn't remember anything. <laughs> Hijiyama's like, oh, OK, you lost your memories. <laughs> a, A is like the one person in this game who I feel like is doing this whole memory loss thing right. It's like, just, mm-hmm. just fake it till you make it, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, it's it's so much easier to pretend, you know, somebody than to just say, like, I've lost my memories. It's true. Um, Yeah, he seems to have it figured out. Yeah. So then Okino comes out and when he realizes A doesn't remember him, he says something uh, along the lines of, oh, 32 percent was not enough. We will shortly find out what that means. So Okino is like, I know you recognize me and like gets up in A's face until A remembers. He uh, met Okino for the first time in his Kiriko disguise in a sentinel hangar in 1944. In the memory, A asks, have you just been laying low in Sector 5 since the incident? Um, And Okino doesn't answer. Instead, he asks why A was searching for him. And A asks if Okino can stop the effects of DD-426. So this appears to be after uh, the 
like scene uh, with Tommy Nader. Mm -hmm. So Okino explains DD-426 was a code that was distributed on the battlefield. Nobody knows who spread it. And Okino went into hiding because he realized he couldn't trust anyone because he didn't know who did it. Mm -hmm. But he he explains that about a year ago, he discovered DD-426. It had been created by the prisoner 426. And Okino tested the code on himself in an attempt to detach the D code, which resulted in the loss of his memories. How's how's this making sense for you? Are you getting this? Um, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Is the decode? Is that the that's the thing that calls the kaiju? Yeah, the Dimos code is the code that summons the kaiju. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he was trying to prevent that by by detaching his right nano machines with this okay. this memory. Sorry. The 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 mystery file for this is just <laughs> is just like a black and red screen that just says Dimos really big in red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very good. So yeah, he this uh, results in Okino losing his memories, and this is why he was unaffected by uh, DD four two six on the battlefield because he like had already gotten it <laughs> essentially. Um, right. But the reason why he still has his memories and personality is because I guess before he experimented with DD four two six, he transferred his memories to his nano machines and programmed them to like create a simulated personality that exactly replicates. His personality. Right. (laughs) And the next part is like not super clear, but what I piece together is that his nano machines were since reaffixed to his brain, making him, quote, the true Tsukasa Okino. Yeah. So it's like that whole personality and all those memories were like, boop, back in his brain. Yeah. I think it's like the brain itself isn't actually remembering that stuff, but the nano machines Mm -hmm. are in the brain telling the brain how to remember. (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. It's all like, no pun intended, really heady stuff. Nice. So Hijiyama walks in and Okino, who is, you know, decides to like he's he's dressed as Kiriko Doji at this time. So he like puts on like a Doji voice and is like, help, help me um, make this man go away. Uh, so A runs out pursued by Hijiyama. And that's the end of that flashback. Yes. So back in 1985 now, <laughs> A's like, oh, I remember you. We met in that hangar in 1944. And Okinu's like, no, 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 you're still missing something. <laughs> so he gets in A's face again. And Hijiyama's like, you know, you don't have to stand so close to him, which would be cute under other circumstances. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Okinu's like, remember why you kept coming to this factory? Which, like, this is so interesting, by the way, that, like, they're like, oh, it's it's irreversible. But apparently if you just yell at someone hard enough, they can recover some memory um so a yeah haven't you here. ever just stood really close to somebody and they're like oh right 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 yeah, yeah. i do that all the time um so strictly how i communicate <laughs> so a was coming here for his nano machine pills to keep mm-hmm. like slowing down the process of uh, dd426 but uh, you know his condition was still progressing pretty rapid rapidly mm-hmm. so at some point, A decided to try to preserve his memories in the ma- nano machines, just like Okino did. Yeah. But he specifically asks Okino to preserve only the memories and not to create a simulated personality. Yeah. Um, because he admits he hates himself. Oh, God. He's like, I, I hate myself. I don't need you to, like, preserve my personality, which is <laughs> so sad. And yeah. I wonder why he feels that way. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So Okino's like, all right. And, uh, you know, they sort of start, but he explains that A's brain is so damaged that they can only preserve 30% of it at a time. So A is going to have to make repeat trips. And so like 
Okino puts that like weird helmet on them and they start. And I guess the implication is that they only, for whatever reason, got to 32%. Yeah. And didn't finish. And that's why like A's memories are gone. And that's why um, Okino said at the beginning, 32% wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. So I guess he only went the one time and got the yeah. got some memories and then and then woke up next to dead Morimura. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still really trying to like really get a firm grasp on this DD426 and, and decode mm-hmm. stuff. It's just like e- even even having all the stuff that we've gone through that we will talk about, uh, you know, um, further in the episode, I just like still feel like that is the biggest like, do I get this? Like, is this the cur- like, am I am I am I really grasping onto this? Um, yeah, it's all. It, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, I think I get it, but I don't know if I do. Yeah. I, which I guess in a way is a testament to the writing and how it manages to give you information without while still making it feel very opaque. Yeah. Also, shout out to our friend Matt Horton, who confirmed that, in fact, the game does fuck with you intentionally. Yeah, un- un- unfortunately for me. <laughs> Which I'm so glad I wasn't being uh, gaslit. I (laughs) fully saw it. Also, like one other thought that I have about A's story, like it is very cool to me that like through Iori's story, we're seeing a lot of the memories that he lost. Right. Which I think is very cool. But it does sort of it's sort of similar to the thing we were talking about with Hijiyama last week, where like his his story is really just a lens into Okino a lot of the time. Mm. It makes Iori's story feel like it's more of a lens into A's story mm. than like a standalone than like an actual story of her. Because like that that's really all her story is about is like everything that she's doing and everything that she's discovering is because she just wants to hang out with him more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're just sort of like seeing you know, those bits and pieces of his story. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, It's like kind of a bummer because it it makes her less of a character. Yeah, I think you're right. I think she is like the least interest, like one of the the, the least interesting characters Mm -hmm. from like, just period. Like the Morimura stuff is really interesting. um, Right. But even that. But more in many ways, Morimura feels like less of a character than Yori does, you know, because it's like, like we don't get a whole lot of information about Morimura's like interiority or Deal. like what you know what her motivations or anything are yeah mm. yeah yeah hmm well <laughs> a lot to think about uh, yeah <laughs> but let's move on now to the story of Keitaro Miura <laughs> yes I don't know why I said it like that. Um, <laughs> this section will lead us up to 62% of Mira's story. Um, once again, we start back at the Kade River, um, talk about the sunset. Once again, it's great stuff. What AJ wrote in our notes here is our sunset boy. Our sunset boy. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of um, boy. there's a lot of edit- editorialization in the in the notes that I took here. <laughs> um, he so the last time we had saw Mira, he was uh had just or he was with Natsuno and BJ in the the busted up future and BJ showed showed him the uh, log of him talking 200 years in the future. <laughs> um, so here on the at, at, at the river, he's like, I don't know how I'm alive 200 years from now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Natsuno knows. Um, but he also comments uh, about BJ that the only thing he knows for certain for certain is that that's no ordinary scout unit. It's you. It's him. 
It you. Which is <laughs> very funny. So then, you know, he he has more questions for Natsuno, so he heads to the school, um, runs into Megami, who's like, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, obviously, I want hamburger. And she's like, we've had that so, funny. so many times this week. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, something else then. <laughs> also, I listen, fuck this bitch for not correcting him. How dare she? How dare she let this man walk around saying hamburger without being like, actually, it's hamburger. Uh, 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 Jesus. So then uh, he heads into the athletics building looking for Natsuno, um, the captain and the manager of the track team, <laughs> Neg Mira. Uh, and they're like, oh, are you in a relationship with Natsuno? Like, what's going on? And then it's just like, she's not here today. <laughs> like, OK, but thanks. I think they talk about bases here. Uh, like they talk about what base that mirror of not snow has gotten to. Um, and then they point him in the direction of, uh, Toki Tokisaka shrine. Um, and also, I don't know if you noticed this when you're talking, Ryoko is just like standing in the background, kind of like with, uh, you know, f- finger and thumb on her chin. <laughs> and then once you finish the conversation, she backs away behind the pillar and you can like run to that pillar. And at a certain angle, you can see the side of her dress and you can see like it moving up and down with her like breathing. But I think the game is just supposed to make, I think she's like just supposed to have disappeared or something. Girlie, yeah. what you doing? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Looking around. So then you head to the shrine. Uh, Natsuno and BJ just show back up from a trip to the future, or I guess the past, whatever. And time isn't real. Yeah. Mira's like, hey, what are you guys up to? You want to take me back to 1945? And they're like, um, not really. And he's like, please, I want to see my sister. And then I think BJ literally says just like, fine. <laughs> and then they head back to uh, 1945. Uh, and once they teleport away, then Ryoko runs in and says that she's surprised that data unit has been with Nachan this whole time. Uh, again, talking about BJ or maybe Mira or both. <laughs> um, Ooh, I hadn't even thought of that. No, I, it's, it's got to be BJ. Um, <laughs> so then in 1945, and I'm also made a note here, sector five, because I'm constantly forgetting what sectors are what. Mm. But I actually think I'm finally kind of getting it. But anyway, not so. Are they in reverse order? That, that's what I think. I don't fucking know, dude. I thought I knew. I think sector zero is like 20. The 2100? 2064, I think. Mm. Because when we get later, when we get later, they say, oh, you copied my memory from sector zero. Right. Which I think is 2064. But anyhow. So then uh, not to, or the, the, Mira asks, like, oh, how are you able to travel, to travel through time? Like, why can't we just, like, bring a Sentinel to right before the Daimos attack and, and mm-hmm. stop it? And then Natsuno explains, like, well, A, we can only travel in 40 year chunks. And B, 1945 <clears throat> is the farthest back we can go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, OK, weird. Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's head off. And they they run to uh, some burnt ruins where there were just a bunch of deactivated Dimos, or I guess, you know, I don't know if they're deactivated or destroyed or whatever. They do seem to be like dormant. As well. Yeah, they're just like kind of hanging. And then uh, slightly off in the distance, Mira sees Tamau Karabe uh, on the ground. Uh, and it's like, oh my gosh, Tamau. Uh, BJ says that her vital signs are low and that the condition mm-hmm. is too critical to do anything. Um, so Mira just asks where Chihiro is. And then we see a flashback of Goto just fully it, it, taking Chihiro just away, fully, fully snatching her, kidnapping a kid. Someone, um, someone called to catch a predator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, we had, we go back to real time, 1945, uh, and Tamau dies and then disappears. Just fades out just the fades way away Fluffy faded <laughs> yeah and Miera's like oh she disappeared and bj says universal control has shifted her it's likely that everyone is being held there until this world comes to an end 
what what the fuck okay. does that mean who the fuck is universal control yes because whoever they are they're doing a very bad job of controlling anything <laughs> the situation <laughs> is in shambles the situation is out of control actually yeah yeah <laughs> uh wild stuff yeah so that's uh that's 62 percent. also i knew goto's vibes were rancid oh yeah no question no question i can't wait i i wonder if we'll see if we'll see him kidnap a child in 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 his route yeah explain (laughs) yourself sir yeah okay so uh, moving on to uh the next part of mira's story which will bring us to 75 percent we we don't get the sunset boy no um he he just thinks chihiro very sad yeah and he's like god goto is so strange he's like from the future but he can time travel and also it seems like he was giving these pills to 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 mao and miura makes the connection that perhaps this isn't time travel after all because this version of 1985 isn't based on his version of 1945 because in his version of 1945 the daimos came and everybody disappeared and that has not happened here the war just like proceeded and japan lost and Mm. it became 1985 Mm. so what's up with that um anyway he goes to school looking for goto <laughs> he finds natsuno and is chatting with her and then miwa shows up so natsuno is like oh miwa uh keitaro's looking for goto but he doesn't know what he looks like you have that photo that you took of him when he wasn't looking right when he wasn't looking she did not have to blow him <laughs> blow her up like that oh i natsuno i think does not have uh enough savvy to know not to say something like that <laughs> i know dude it's so savage man savage and so miwa is like embarrassed but but shows the photo um and mira recognizes him as the man he saw at the park with chihiro previously (laughs) oh aj read it read it kim read it (laughs) all right i'm gonna read it verbatim yeah at ayame park she's chihiro Woo! Yeah! Great joke! 10 out of 10. It's pretty good. Um, so <laughs> Thank you to all my fans. So she, she like, uh, he tries to chat with her, and she's, like, a little, it almost seems like she's like, oh, stranger danger. But then um, he shows her the stuffed animal, the stuffed rabbit that he found uh, that his mother had made for Chihiro, and she gives up the act. Yeah, Jesus. And is suddenly a hyper-intelligent child, and this was so creepy to me. It was it was very unsettling, <clears throat> extremely it's unsettling. It's really creepy. She says, it's not like my memories were displaced. My blissful dependency is your little sister. It's become a part of my identity. Denial can cause enormous strain to one's psyche. Like, um, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. So she explains that sh- she's Mori Mura. Um, and oh, this is interesting. AJ has written... More Miura, it's right there. Um, yeah. It sure is. It's also so, Iori is also in there as well. O O R I and then uh, M U R A is fuck. it's basically Iori and Miura is like slammed together into Mori Mura. Yeah, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> Goto shows up and and he's like, "Well, you you gave up the jig." Or whatever. Yeah, it's like it was your it's idea like, to keep this secret yeah. the whole time, and then you just fucking gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> um she just tweeted it out right. uh, <laughs> uh and chihiro explain uh, she tells goto that sometimes a bold change in plans is necessary mira is angie and 
<laughs> again this is straight from aj's notes right from my brain uh he he thinks oh goto must have done something to chihiro but she tells mira that they have to gain control over all the systems to prevent the loop and they leave what um and mira's like what the fuck no you can't just like take my little sister again <laughs> yeah and goto stops him from following by telling mira that chihiro is the target of an assassination and you said and then misleads mira to go after a can you remind me what he says yeah so he says uh, uh oh because he says uh, a sekigahara is gonna kill him is it right yes. is that yes yeah. pretty much he, he implies that her. that a is the one who is who is trying to assassinate me uh yeah. Mira. i mean <sighs> which i guess isn't a lie i don't know i don't know because we know listen we haven't we didn't see him pull the trigger okay so that's true i think maybe i think maybe he killed her and then goto like came and took her nano machines and put it into a kid body oh that would make sense and then hid that kid in 1945 oh i I guess that that's plausible yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because there was a whole thing about how, like, oh, Men in Black came and recovered her body, and yeah, yeah, and we've and we we just we just talked a whole bunch about uploading memories to nano machines. So like, seems like it's a thing that could have happened. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. <sighs> this next part is confusing. Yeah, and I'm really not sure. I really tried to make sense it's, of it as I was typing it yeah. out. Yeah, but... yeah. So we get it. Like, is it a flashback? It's yeah, it's a flashback. Miura recognizes uh, A's name. Oh, right. And then right, thinks right. back to when they first met. Right. So we see they're in the and they're in the old building. They're in right? the old school building. The old yeah. school building. Um, Tamao is tending to A. Um, something about how Doji has turned against A. Yeah, I, I think this is happening the same time as the first scene we get with Hijiyama, where where. Mm-hmm. They show up to the, sh- the the gate and and Okino reveals himself as they're searching mm-hmm. for Doji. And I think they think A did something with her. I think this is when that takes place. I guess another mm-hmm. thing about this game is that you can just check that stuff. I'm just going to read these screenshots. Okay. Mira says they're search. They're searching for Kiriko-san. Tafal says, I can't believe she's a spy. And Mira says they seem to think she's associated with him, apparently referring to A. I just don't understand why protect a wanted man. A is like that. Her name is not Kiriko Doji. Like mm-hmm. that is not it's it's Okino. And um, Tamao says, I was told that my parents aren't really my parents and that I was brought here from the future. A says, is that what Kiriko Doji told you? Tamao says, I don't know why she'd lie. I think it explains the dreams I keep having. A says she's tampered with your memories. Oh, and Tamao is protecting A because she thinks he might know about her parents and like you know, might be able to get more answers about that. Yeah. So yeah, Mira wants to turn A over to the authorities and then A recognizes Mira's name and says they've been fighting alongside each other. Mira says, I've never seen you before in my life. And A says, the Mira of this era hasn't. The Mira of the future has. He no longer has a physical body. His consciousness is currently stored inside a scout unit. BJ. BJ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Tamao says, then Keitaro-san is, and A says, one in the same. So has Tamao seen BJ then? Probably. I don't know. Like what? (laughs) Mm. You know, know. how much does Tamao know? I can find out. I still don't understand who this bitch is. 
Yeah, I mean, Tamal Karabe is a real person in 2188, the foremost professor of artificial intelligence. So I guess that just means she gets a bunch. She gets a bunch of robots if she wants or it's or it's all the same robot. I just don't know. It's all very, very confusing. I don't know anything that's going on. Oh, by the way, Hmm. apropos of nothing, but uh, last week we had a long discussion of like, why do they need DNA to make robots? And then we put two and two together. And in fact, BJ's brain is indeed just like a brain in the jar. Mm -hmm. And we realized, oh, that that could explain why they need DNA to make robots if they're just putting brains brains. in robots (laughs) right um but i did i did unlock in analysis yeah i was gonna but i figured that you would so i would just wait Uh, here until drones brain yeah (laughs) and what it says is it's high density silicon neuron circuits are shaped like a human brain okay interesting (laughs) i am still i still kind of feel like there's something going on there definitely Definitely. This this scene ends with A just pulling a gun and running away, which uh, is, I guess is just Typical. how A, Yeah, I say it's just how A gets out of a situation is he pulls out a phaser <laughs> and runs away. Yeah, this is how he ends conversations. Yeah. So, God, there's just so much. <laughs> just so much happening. Yeah. God. OK, so that's all we have about Mira here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get we get locked out and get we locked move out. on. We move on to the story of. Shu Amiguchi. We're finally diving in. Yeah, so I guess we hadn't played Shu if it's been a while. We yeah, played his prologue aside, and then one after the prologue. Aside from Goto, who, by the way, we had talked about maybe doing a Goto deep dive on this episode. And then we decided we're going to save that for the end. Yeah, we're going to do one entire. It's going to be all Goto all the time. Oh, it's going to be so stinky. Anyway, I hope it's satisfying at all. And then not just like, oh, this yeah. is a bunch of stuff we figured out through everybody else's Yeah, right, probably. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, aside from Goto, she was the person that we had done the least of. So mm-hmm. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, so uh, Shu Amiguchi, uh, this will take us. Oh, so I guess it's worth noting that took us to Mira 75%. And now, now we're on to Shu Amiguchi. So uh, we start off as we do with, I think we do four of these. All four of these start in the hallway of school mm-hmm. um, with Shu ruminating on his dreams, except the last one. Spoilers. Uh, with Shu ruminating on his dreams, uh, thinking about the dream that he had with what he thought was himself, I guess. And mm-hmm. Tommy at Tommy's old apartment, right? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, my name's Tetsuya Ida. So now you're thinking about like, I'm not Tetsuya Ida. What's happening. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then thinks about another dream, which really, this really made me think I fully forgot something. Mm-hmm. Cause he talks about oh, a dream yeah. that happened way, way off in the future about uh, in- involving uh, Tommy Kisaragi. And I was like, did I, forget about a different dream or something mm. so then you walk around and just like peek in all the classrooms yeah because <laughs> um, i do believe it's after school and then uh this part sucks so tommy like <laughs> runs into shu because he's just like standing in the doorway and she's like i guess not paying attention whatever and then she was like oh it's it's kisaragi i have to <laughs> i have to make sure and he like turns away and says i have to make sure and then turns around and just like he like lifts up her shirt yeah he like just like pins her against the wall and like touches her stomach and she's like hey what the fuck are you doing man yeah she uh, i think she smacks him she does she's good for her and she fully smacks him and says what you think just because you're popular you can do whatever you want uh, and he's like no i'm sorry i'm sorry that's not what i meant it's just like i had to check to see <laughs> 
I, had I just to had to violate your bodily autonomy. Yeah, I had to see if you had a belly. But like later on in this scene, like she didn't have an entire bottom half of her body. Yeah, my man. Like, yeah, it's it's right there. God, yeah. um, I wrote in my notes, have some fucking awareness, my guy. Jeez. Yeah, it's also it's another example of the game doing this thing where it's like, oh, a guy being a horn dog. And then we find out that he was not being a horn dog, but was like, <laughs> you know, talking about or actually violating woman for uh, sci fi related reasons. <laughs> Um, and that is just not earned. You don't like that? No? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, there's also some like, uh, he's like, oh, I had to check to make sure you had a belly. And she's like, oh, wow, now you think I'm fat, uh, which was also a fun <laughs> line. Cool. Yeah. So then he's like, I should probably go and <laughs> goes to meet Juro <laughs> in the old school passageway. But Iori's there instead. And they talk a bit about their dreams. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I see I see robots. And Iori's like, oh, I see robots, too. And he's like, well, they're not really robots. They're androids. And then they talk about an underground lab. And they're like, Oh, I know what that is. And then we transition into this dream in Shikishima Tech Lab number six in the year 2100, which is not a year we've been to yet. Mm. Uh, and there's like a 22 year old question mark. Ida. Yeah. It just looks like it looks like fan art. Of, <laughs> it looks like fan art of shoe. And they just got the dimensions a little wrong. Right. <laughs> and gave him gave him a lab coat and glasses. So there's a, a, a halfway put together Tominator. You know, it's just it's it's her chest and arms and then head and then know the rest of her body, which is why he was like, oh, I had to make sure you had a belly. But like mm-hmm. she doesn't have feet either. Yeah. Man. Like, like that should be enough. That should be. Oh, enough Jesus. To prove to you that she's not. Yeah. A torso. It, yeah. So Ida talks to uh, his computer, which is a Tamau AI. Cool, fun. And uh, the AI says that the memory data is ready and they bring Tominator to life. She's like clearly freaked out uh, because it's, yeah. it is you know, uh, an artificial personality or whatever. Uh, and it's like, Hey, why can't I move? And why am I a robot? <laughs> um, and why are you old? And, uh, before, sorry, right before she wakes up, she like apologizes to Tamau. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry that I gave uh, Tomi mm-hmm. a body before I gave you a body. It was just for priority reasons. Like, Mm, okay mm, gross mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh also tamau says the simulated personality and memories have been synchronized yes yes so that just um, sort of places this perfectly uh now that we have that scene with okino yeah so uh tomi quote unquote tomi wakes up um and shu tells her like oh you've been dead for eight years and then she obviously begins to freak out and Tamau's like, Oh, I can be, can you connect me to her so I can calm her down to which she agrees. And then Morimura walks in and tells Ida that the Sentinels they thought were ready, aren't responding and that they're working off the same code base as the D series. So it has to be the D code control holding them back. We need someone compatible to maintain direct access, which is just interesting because the D code is the thing that calls the Dymos. Mm-hmm. So that's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. So I guess that just means like the Sentinels don't work without the Dimos around. That's kind of what it sounds like. I don't know. I, I don't really understand this. I will say um, we played a bit of destruction this week, too. Yeah. Which I guess we'll talk about later. Yeah. Where it is revealed that the Sentinels were also designed for construction purposes. Mm-hmm. And so it seems somewhat clear now that like this was all created by shigishima for like the same purposes and then all of these things were kind of co-opted right for either just destructive or saving the world type purposes yeah um so it makes sense that like 
they would operate sort of the same way. Mm -hmm. But that's the most intelligent thing that I can say about any of this shit at this point, because this stuff goes way over my head. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So then uh, Tamau chimes in and is like, oh, Tommy's good. Um, And then the Tommy Nader asks, what happened to the real me? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Morimura says that uh, Juro killed her and the other teens and that she took care or took him out. Uh, which I believe mm-hmm. is what she says, which I, I guess yeah. means that this Ida. She says, and I put him down, put him down. That's what it was. And and I believe that means that this Ida was the one that got shot mm-hmm. and not killed by, by right. Jiro was saved, was saved by Morimura. Interesting. So then uh, she wakes up <laughs> in the middle of the night in his apartment, <laughs> says that like, oh, it was another Tetsuya Ida. Um, he kind of looks like me. And I guess uh, Morimura kind of looks like Iori. Mm, interesting maybe mm-hmm. uh, and then he turns off his tv and then miyuki and abba shows back up yay yep. do you notice anything about uh her voice actor by the way oh i thought she sounded kind of similar to someone but who is it <laughs> i have not confirmed this but okay. just by sound it's tomi's voice actor really it sounds like tomi I mean, that tracks i mean tomi loves to sing mm-hmm. yeah interesting interesting hmm. anyway so then uh, Shu talks about like, oh, we don't have like a, a, a telephone TV or whatever the fuck they had in the 80s that allowed you to talk to people on your television. Um, mm-hmm. And Inaba says that uh, Shu himself is the transmitter. The TV is just the receiver, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she says, I was blocked by universal control. The system has denied me access. So I had to sneak in on this broadcast. Uh, and then she said that Shu's was the only ID that she could locate. Uh huh. Um, and that, and that, but she also is like, she's glad that it was his because she knows that he's dependable. And then, uh, says that it's going to take a while to help him understand the situation. And then it's like, Oh, I'm being tracked. Gotta go. Bye. (laughs) And then leaves. So that, that brings us to 42% finished with shoe. Just, just a lot of stuff in there, but Mm -hmm. it's not the last we'll see of the 2100 labs. So I think, I think maybe we can just continue on. Yes. So um, moving on to the next part of Shu's story, he uh, considers Tomi's soul being in an android body and thinks, what would it be like not having a body of your own? (laughs) My guy, I think you might find out. Um, So he he goes through the same motions of uh, looking through the classrooms and spots Yuki going to lunch and uh, skulks behind, as uh, AJ has written here, because indeed he truly is like a predator stalking prey. Yeah. This was at, at this at this point in the in the uh, having played through the game, Kim texted me and was like, we should rename this game to 13 Stalkers. Ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he follows her to the cafeteria and you literally have to like harass her fully into, harass her. like you have to ask her multiple times to go out on a date. And she says no and get lost and like fuck off and everything. And I she can said no. <laughs> yeah. Worth noting, by the way, also, he says, I was just thinking about you and now here you are. Destiny sure wants us to be together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, also, he sees her drinking uh, Hey C. She says it's because not so yeah. nice to drink it. And she's trying to smoke less cigarettes. So she's yeah. drinking the yeah, fucking she's like, I'm, I'm drinking this instead. Oh, man. Uh, Really good. Really good. So Shu 
uh, after just generically asking her for a date over and over again doesn't work, is like, well, I have my motorcycle nearby. Is there anywhere you want to go? We could go to the beach. And she's like, no, fuck off. And then he tricks her into talking about her grandparents in the prefecture over. Um, I think he's, he's sort of like, you could go anywhere right mm-hmm. now. Where would you? Or like, you know, someplace with like memories, yeah. fond old memories or whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, my grandparents live in the prefecture mm-hmm. over. And he's like, oh, like a hundred kilometers away. Uh, okay. <laughs> like at first he's like, oh shit, what have I gotten myself into? But he really wants to impress this girl. So he says yes. Um, and secretly also thinks, well, this is a great way to test what Inaba told him last night. And we get a flashback to Shu's apartment where Inaba explains where Shu is. She tells him that his entire existence has occurred within a 30 kilometer enclosure And she says, what I'm going to do is unlock a part of the Suabuki bypass um, so that he can, quote, go to the edge of the world. Fun. Um, Yeah. So we cut back to the bypass uh, with Shu and Yuki on their bike. (laughs) AJ is written here. He says he can get her back by sundown, but the sun is currently setting. Yeah. He's Um, like, oh, yeah, two hours. I can get you there and back. I was like, the sun is setting, my man. Like, yeah. (sighs) So Yuki... Yuki starts talking about the memory she has of being in the country with her grandma. Um, She's like, oh, I remember like we would swim in the river and grandma would give us watermelon Mm -hmm. and we'd catch cicadas off of the old Zelkova tree. And she was like, that's weird. I have all of those same memories. (laughs) Yeah. Like from when I visited my grandpa, we like the Zelkova tree and the cicadas and the watermelon and the river and whatever. And she's like, well, you know, everybody probably has the same memories of summer in the countryside. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know, man, it seems weird. So anyway um they drive through a tunnel and arrive at the outer wall (laughs) and it is this like weird sort of metal structure and that like Shu basically realizes oh this is yeah so inaba was right Mm -hmm. uh everything that you know our entire lives have taken place just like within this city which is in an isolated enclosure and it kind of looks like the ufo it a bit. do kind of be looking like that now that you mention it <laughs> yeah. it does yeah i would say it yeah, is, fully does i was which, being i was being yeah. cagey for no reason but it it just <laughs> is the same makeup as the ufo yeah this fucks yeah i love this i think this is a very cool plot twist much more interesting to me for some reason than everyone being robots but <laughs> Which is now, I think, where I want to bring up my not really theory, just so much as a, as an observation. Mm-hmm. So in the mystery files, mm-hmm. UFO, residential district dome and colony in satellite orbit are all right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I'm just going to quickly read through them. UFO. Also called a saucer, a giant circular structure with a diameter of 30 kilometers. It is 300 meters underground. 30 kilometers? Of Ashitaba City. Residential <laughs> District Dome, a giant dome with a diameter of 30 kilometers, holds mm-hmm. an, an urban structure with Ashitaba City at its center. Uh, this world does not exist past 30 kilometer boundary, and whoever steps past it gets false memories implanted, making them believe the world continues as normal. Colony and satellite orbit. 
A colony under construction up in a satellite orbiting Earth in 2187. Once completed, it had a diameter of 30 kilometers. And Fuck it was up. docked with multiple giant cylindrical food production silos. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. That, there we go. So, they're all... That answers a bunch of questions right there. Yeah. So, the UFO, I think, yeah, they're all... Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's 30 kilometers all the way down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like it is this space station. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm where project arc was taking place mm-hmm. um i'm trying to like visualize what it looks like it almost i mean listen we know that the android lab they talk about how it's like six levels underground right so i wonder if like the like dome what's it called the the residential uh, district dome residential district dome which by the way i also unlocked i wonder if that is like the top level right and then there's like a bunch of shit underneath yeah yeah fascinating yeah so that's pretty interesting indeed um yeah yeah. (laughs) do i know what it means not entirely but it sure is interesting dude we know a lot of what it means yeah yeah which then brings us unless you had anything more to say about uh about this shoe chapter oh no this is not related but since i brought up the brain earlier Mm. I also unlocked laboratory, which refers to the cybernetic organism development room in Shigishima Deck Lab number six. Um, it says this was an experimental facility where everything but the brain was replaced by artificial objects in the human body. Tetsuya Ida was developing a way to turn humans into androids. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, man. So that's uh, that's Shu Amaguchi to 57 percent. And now we move on to. Shu Amiguchi to 71%. Uh, he's once again thinking about his dreams, uh, and he thinks about how Inaba was right, uh, that this whole thing is a 30-kilometer enclosure. Um, and also he thinks that he just wanted a nice date with Yuki-chan, uh, and now he's involved in a conspiracy. <laughs> and then it's like, ah, even daydreaming about girls can't cheer me up. <laughs> it's very stupid. Get fucked, my guy. Yeah, Yuki comes out, uh, and he's like, okay, hey, what the fuck are we going to do about this? And she's like, I have more important things to tend to. And he's like, more important than the fact that we're living a fake life in a 30 kilometer uh, enclosure. And she's like, I got detention, <laughs> which is really, really funny. Uh, but then yeah. justifies it was like, you know, I hate this school, but like, I don't want to not be able to spend time with Natsuno just because I got I like failed the test or whatever. Right. Um, so well, she goes to detention. What she says is I bombed a test mm-hmm. and they said they're oh. starting to question like her transfer paperwork yeah. because like it is so inconsistent with, I guess, the test scores that were on her transfer right. paperwork, which we know to have been falsified. Right. So it's a fun <laughs> detail. Yeah. So she goes to detention and then uh, she was like, he's like, oh, man, I'm tired. I should go get something sugary to drink. So we head to the break area where Okino is just standing in front of a vending machine and you can't can't talk to him cannot interact do not interact Mm -hmm. and then we have one of the hardest choices in the game if we want a beverage container thing Mm -hmm. or or a soda basically yeah like a juice or a soda yeah so you could either get from the from the juice one i didn't look at the soda one but from the juice one you could get either a a coffee or a uh a hasty and we both got hasty because duh of course Uh, yeah and you grab and he's like oh this is yuki's favorite drink (laughs) So then you, I was like, that is not what she told me. <laughs> yeah, that's dude, but super okay. not what she said, my man. Way to listen. And so then he pounds that and then uh, goes to sit down and Juro shows up and bah, 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 it's the same scene that we had with Juro earlier, except Kyutashiba's not there. 
Yes. And this was the point I wrote in my notes. Hey, by the way, have we seen Kutashiba in anyone's scenes other than Juro? Yeah. And the answer no. I went back and looked in my notes is no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun. Love it. Really mm-hmm. good. So then we can kind of I, I mean, we could kind of skip through this next because it's they go back to the apartment. They're playing games. Um, and the part where uh, Shiba is just like playing games and won't let Juro play. Juro has mm-hmm. fully shut the TV off here. And uh, she's like, oh, are you done? He's like, what? <laughs> he just doesn't even respond yeah. he's like um yeah it's basically the same scene and she was not here she and it's so spooky yeah it's really good so then uh uh they talk about or, you know jero walks around and like looks at everything um and shu uh brings up like oh i watched that movie you gave me uh about the mad scientist who loses his real body so he builds a new body mm-hmm. and sets out bent on revenge uh really good shit mm-hmm. <laughs> really good stuff and then uh you know, Jero keeps looking around and Shu considers telling him about Anaba, but then is like, no, it's going to sound mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, and then Jero is like, oh, you know, they're talking about going out to dinner and all that stuff. And Jero's like, oh, I should give you the the sequel. Uh, basically, she says basically the sequel to that movie. And Jero says, this story was meant for you. And Shu says, oh, yeah. And Jero says, yeah, for you and me. Uh, that's not foreboding at all, my man. <laughs> uh, no, it was also... <laughs> It's like a little bit of like tension, you know, like a little bit of like, are they going to kiss? <laughs> yeah, I felt it. <laughs> so then we go back to 2100 uh, and Ida has now transferred transferred a new memory set into an android. A surprise. It's Juro Izumi, but he calls him prisoner 426. Mm-hmm. He says like, oh, it's good to have you back, Juro. Or should I call you 426? So Juro Izumi is prisoner 426. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 426 is like, oh, you look older. You look pretty bad. And Ida says, yeah, it's been three years since you died. It looks like it's been more than three years. It looks anyway. Well, so when, when he talked to Tommy, he said it's been eight years since you died. Oh, OK. So, so I guess I guess Tommy had been dead for five years before the mm-hmm. scene where Murray Mura kills Juro because because Tommy's not there. That's Iori, Megumi and Shu. Oh, um, or I guess Ida technically. So I guess Tommy was dead for five years, but like they didn't look aged up five years. But, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah, because I had a whole thing in here bef- until I got back to the end of the chapter when I was writing up, writing up my notes. I was like, oh, is this a different? Is this not Jiro Izumi? Is this Jiro Karabe? Mm-hmm. But then later they fully just call him Izumi, which I thought would have been cool if it was Jiro Karabe. That could have been a fun, you know like Easter egg or something. I don't know. No, Jiro Karabe is the boring one. He's the boring, dumb one. Just inevitably. Super dumb and boring. Um, yeah. So then uh, Ida is like, well, I need, I need you 426 because you did the most, it's, it seems that you did the most work on the underground supercomputer, which I'm assuming is the UFO. Mm-hmm. And then I, I tried to take notes on this, but I'm just going to fully, be, this is, yeah, I'm just going to put the quote uh, here for all from Ida. Let's talk about your final project. You were testing an unorthodox function for the interlocutor downloading the memories into a human brain. I'm picking up where you left off, so I'll need more details. Records say the memory transplant was a success, but all the raw data from the experiment was deleted. Why did you delete it? Okay. And then 426 does not respond and <laughs> hacks into the computer instead and is like, oh, yeah, you've already done this uh, at least once, and you got me to tell you about the D-forces because Shu says that the... Um, you know, his pain receptors are still active so that he can still like electrocute mm-hmm. him or whatever. This is also, some light torture. Yeah. This is also where Ida reveals that he wants to bring Tommy back as a like a, a real human uh, mm-hmm. and not as an android with 
her personality files and stuff. And previously, 426 had told Ida how to, quote, interrupt the D-Force's production. So he figured out a way to stop the Sentinels from, or sorry, the Dimos, and I guess maybe the Sentinels from being created. Mm. Then uh, Tommy shows up. uh, It's like, I talked to Murimura. I know what you want to do. And I think it's horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like she literally says the words horrifying. um, And Ida's like, no, well, I just, you know, I want to give you the the life you deserve or something. Um, And she says, yeah, but you'll have to sacrifice a living human girl. Yeah. Fucked up behavior, Ida. Jesus Christ. To put a finer point on it. By replacing the Tomi Kisaragi of this world with the Tomi Nader, like her memories and personality and shit, which really is very (laughs) fucked up, my guy. Extremely fucked up. Um, And then 426 is like, look, your biggest mistake was making that android. You should have just Mm -hmm. you should have just put this personality and memories into the real Tomi or into into nobody would have been the wiser into the soft body Tomi and nobody would have said anything. And then Ida is like. He was going to ask a couple more questions of 426, but then gets like frustrated at at that statement and goes to race 426 uh, and asks Tommy to watch the like control Mm -hmm. panel or whatever to make sure that everything goes according to plan. Types in a bunch of buttons, hits the delete key, and then, you know, the 426 body shuts off and he is like, you know, don't like listen to a word that he said he was just trying to get between mm-hmm. us whatever and tommy does not respond and he's like okay are you mad at me and then tommy doesn't respond so then he leaves uh Ida leaves leaving tommy and 426 alone in opposite bodies mm-hmm. um so now uh 426 is in the tominator and tommy right. or tommy the personality and memories of tommy are stuck in the husk because somehow 426 mm-hmm. was able to remap the delete key <laughs> to just mm-hmm. do a full data transfer <laughs> computers i guess uh, you know yeah i don't know um so 426 is the Tommy Dater that we yes. have seen in basically like all of the previous chapters. Yes. It is the one that like was very destructive and rude to Miwa. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Which also means it swapped bodies into Tamau, mm-hmm. which also means it is Erica Iba. <laughs> yes. Uh, which means it's trying to control Natsuno. Because Natsuno has the code, mm-hmm. the key or whatever that, that yeah. Okino's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So deep. Cool, I guess. Very cool. Yeah. So I guess maybe what happened and I, I'm sure we'll get this at some point, but I guess maybe what happened is that the Tamau AI saw all of this happen and was like, I have to do something. And then. Oh, right. And then yes, used. She's in there. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then created, a, mm-hmm. created another another Tamau body yeah. or whatever. I don't know. So then we head back to the apartment. We're almost done. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, my God. Yes. Also. This must be why everyone thinks that A is 426, because he's the one who let Tominator out of the facility. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, maybe there's more to it than that, but. Yeah, but wouldn't they know that Tominator was 426? I don't know. Not necessarily. I don't know when any of the, you like, like placing all of this in time is very like fuzzy to me. I mean, that's why so, the analysis, that's why the uh, I know. analysis is uh, archives. I just like, I don't, this is all very fascinating, but I don't like having to basically do a, like. A puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like having to do a little dissertation. Mm. Oh, yeah. Look, all of this is really early on in the. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm now also yeah. looking through this stuff. 
So, okay. So in 2065, Murimura shoots Juro, but I guess doesn't kill him because then later is that scene that we saw last week, I think, uh, where Murimura and Juro are on the bridge and Juro's like, don't kill me. And she's like, no, I'm going to. That is when he dies. That's 2097. Mm. And then in 2100 is when the all this Juro Izumi stuff happens. Jeez mm. <sighs> Louise. Oh, fucking no. Yeah. Uh, I'm now just distracted looking through the... Yeah, me I'll too. I'll stop doing that. Um, I won't. <laughs> so let me, let me just finish talking about this, this section. Um, Fine. So then Shu and Inaba are talking and Inaba's like, yeah, you you finished watching that video? And he's like, yeah. And she says, well, that wasn't a video. That's actually one of your real memories from the distant past. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, the past? It looks like the future. And then says like, yeah, it's the same thing for Jero because like these are Jero's memories as well. So he watches them and then lends them to you. And he doesn't even know that he's communicating with me. Inaba says that, which then makes me think, is she Shiba as well? Like or something or is Shiba a different thing? Mm, Or is she just communicating, communicating with her by virtue of being around Shu? Are they all just like constructs of universal control that or no universal control is trying to prevent this yeah it's trying to hinder her so which gets confusing in one of the the destruction things but yeah we can talk about that when we get there in a moment so then uh she tells Shu about project arc which was the um project meant to save humanity where the the thing that natsuno implemented after ogata was like don't do this about um you know terraforming other worlds and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's the end of the scene yeah i will also say like just on Shu generally, it seems like this, like Shu is like Ida without the personality, right? Like he has the memories, but not the personality. And he clearly has the brains as well, because everyone's constantly talking about how good he does on tests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A little smart boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh, time for the last one Woo. of the day. It'll take us to Shu. Uh, 85% um, and was mercifully short compared to the rest of the story. <laughs> Real, um, dude. So, so uh, it starts off in the hallway again and um, Shu thinks about how Juro, Iori, and himself are all experiencing these memories in like video form. We see Juro rush out of class and go home uh, and Shu decides to head to the roof to clear his head and Ogata is there. Og- <laughs> There's this great moment where Ogata's like, Hey, you know how I like haven't been in school for a few days? Yeah. And she's like, Yeah. And I got his like, so it's because I was uh in the future for a little bit. And she's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Um, and Ogata thinks, yeah, that's about what I figured. And then she's like, Yeah, uh, I've been talking to Miyuki Inaba through my television. And Ogata's like, okay, sure, buddy. And she thinks, yeah, that's about what I figured. Best um, friends. Best friends. <laughs> oh my god it is so funny yeah um that both of them are just like yeah you're just being weird um (laughs) so good so then megami shows up and we basically get the same scene where um she you know talks with them nanji leaves she shoots shu and i'll note i did see shu is grabbing his his like eye or temple where his start button is and then he goes into his his um so now we see this from Shu's perspective where his his sentinel just like keeps ascending. <laughs> yeah. 
and he like doesn't know how to control it. He also he gets zapped into it and then he goes and then it like starts to sudden he's like, oh, shit, this thing can fly. Yeah. Uh, it was very funny. Good. So it flies him all the way to space. Um, We see adult Ida like on a rooftop or a bridge or something yeah. watching it. And he doesn't know who's flying it. He tells the SIU to call in Ryoko. Meanwhile, she arrives in space and uh, Inaba sort of videos in and says yeah i you bypass the upper shield and it's i i guess the implication is like she did this to like bring him up here so they could sort of communicate right and yeah the upper shield just it's just space there is space yeah which led me sorry i put this in the notes but i don't necessarily think i don't know if this is true or not um mm -hmm. it leads me to believe that the enclosure is just in space and not on a planet but maybe it is on a planet i just don't know man I think it's the space station. I think it's exactly what okay. what you said, which is that it's like a space station orbiting Earth. OK, yeah, OK. Like, that's got to be. <laughs> yeah. All these you're telling me all these things are 30 kilometers. <laughs> and Come not on. the same thing. <laughs> no, I how, agree. What? How could it possibly be? Yeah. So she says, since the Sentinel was activated, quote, intruders from another district have left their origin point and came to your world. OK. It's interesting that she uses the word district. And not like sector. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I, I don't know if that means anything <laughs> or what, uh, but it is interesting. Oh, hell if I know. Yeah. Um, so Sentinel number 20 crashes near the Ayame Pass. Which is where they all crash, by the way. Everything happens, that is, everything happens near Ayame right. Pass. I hadn't thought about that. It's only 30 kilometers, um, though, I guess. So, <laughs> so Chu sort of zaps out of it. Uh, into the little park and Yuki is there. Destiny. Mm -hmm. You are destined to harass this woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think he says it's like we are. Well, it's like we're destined to meet or something. And she's like, are you really flirting with me right now? <laughs> <laughs> you just came out of a giant robot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Sentinel teleports away and then Ida walks up. And says he he didn't expect the pilot to be Shu. In my mind, they do the little like the Spider-Man meme point at each other. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Ida reveals that Yuki is a part of the SIU mm -hmm. and that she was transferred to Sakura to spy on the pilots. And Shu feels betrayed yeah. and sad. Yeah. And that's why you don't just fixate on a person <laughs> and unrelentingly ask them out on dates. Yeah. Um, that'd be a lesson to fuck boys everywhere. <laughs> I do think it's interesting. I wrote in the notes that it's it's Ida and stuff. But from Shu's perspective, it's just suspicious man or something. Yeah, it's just so like, like a guy. And Ida knows about Shu, I guess. But Shu doesn't know sure. who Ida is, which is. Yeah, well, she, Ida knows that Shu is one of the drift compatible fellas. Drift right? compatible. <laughs> I love Pacific Rim. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all the it same is. shit. No, you're tip right. or tap. It fully is. Yeah. Um, so that's. That's that. That's the end of the yep. chapter or the end of the what? The end of the sections we played, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, all the remembrance. Man, dude, uh, I don't even know. My biggest thing was that all that stuff is 30 kilometers. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's big shit. Uh, the one thing that I, I also wanted to say about the cat that we didn't get to. Mm. Or should we save this for for after we talk about destruction? Oh, right. Destruction. I mean, is there anything uh, we're talking about in there? I mean, there's some stuff. Let me just quickly scroll through. Yeah. So and after battle six, uh, basically Chihiro, child Chihiro shows up and is like, I'm going to teleport 1.2 million people to the next sector. It'll be safe there. Uh, OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're a child. Yeah, what are you doing? Which I guess is why 
people disappear mm-hmm. for every battle is because Chihiro or somebody equivalent to Chihiro just teleports them to the next sector, which I guess mm-hmm. just doubles, triples, quadruples the uh, population of that 30 yeah, kilometer I don't know chunk. how that works. Um, or they get sent to, to Universal Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't fucking... Question mark, question mark, yeah, question I don't know. mark. Anyway, so that happened... Ooh. So that happens, and then there's a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. You do some fights. You do it's some not fights. That interesting. I got to tell you, Kim, I'm having a great time with the combat. I'm loving this. I, so I am playing it on casual mode, which is literally just like shoot thing, mm-hmm. thing explode. Mm-hmm. Hear a little. What are they called? Meta, Meta chips. chips. Yeah. Hit ground. Brain feel good. Brain feel good. That's that. And like it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It just is. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I could ask for the the for this combat. Yeah. Make brain feel good. That's pretty good. Uh, later on, we do some more kind of tutorialization or explanation of like, oh, the Sentinels are different because they were built at different times and they can do different things. OK, great. Cool. Uh-huh. I don't like what appears to be happening is that they keep introducing like battle mechanics or like different enemies with different strategies. Yeah. And what I fear, because I have heard that there's a real ramp up in difficulty in the final battle in yeah, this game. I've heard that. What I fear is that they're teaching you all of this stuff one tiny bit at a time, mm. and we're going to be expected to know all of it for the last battle. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to know any. <laughs> I'm not. It'll be a wonder if I remember anything. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that has come up for me is that all the EMP stuff is good against the flying guys. Nothing else really makes a difference mm-hmm. anywhere. I, I do pay attention to like which which attacks pierce armor because the big boys are usually armored. Right. I don't usually pay attention to that stuff. I got that. I got that. <laughs> and I got the, the EMP thing. Yeah. I do like... <sighs> I forget who it is. I want to say it's like a Sekigahara when he fires off his EMP thing. He says this really cool line where he's like, I forget if it's like fall or drop oh. or something, but it's like, and they, and they just like fall to the ground. I'm like, that's sick. That's cool. It's, that's a cool line. It's really good. And I did, I was also reminded that Ogata says get bent anytime you do anything. Yeah. The get bent is very good. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else. Uh, there's some Yuki being jealous that people are hanging out with shoe stuff. There's yeah, also which, like, come on. We don't, I don't believe that yeah, for a second. There's also Yuki just being upset <laughs> generally until Natsuno's like, Hey, calm down. She's like, Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. She picks a fight with everybody, especially like a bunch of people I don't like, which I really enjoyed. I, yeah. My note is after the battle, Yuki picks a fight with everyone I hate and it rules. Yeah. <laughs> with everyone I hate. <laughs> Okay, then the the oh. final like the boss battle is where Wave ten, yeah, there's this is actually kind of interesting. So it starts off with Hijiyama and Okino talking, and Okino and Hijiyama's like, I feel like we have taken out so many of these things. Like, how many are there? And Okino's like, I mean, you should by 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 now you should have taken out most of them, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like their numbers are dwindling at all. He says that our we estimated how many there should be based on the 2105 factory running at full capacity. Right. And there's like way more than that. Yeah. 
Uh, and so then they basically are like, oh, there are these mobile factories that are just creating more of them, which like, hey, if you've read one sci fi book, you know that this is like where <laughs> all artificial intelligence goes. But that's yeah. fine. And the wild thing, too, is they say it's a new model of Kaiju not in our data. So it's like something that has been created yeah. by the Dimos to create more Dimos, right. which is sick. Uh, no, sorry. No. Um, Megumi says that it's not in the data, but then Natsuno says, I know this one. It's not for land or terraforming. Oh. It's for interstellar development. Got it. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah so it was created to then create more Dimos that could mm-hmm. uh, work on whatever planet they land, they land on. Right. So then you take out a bunch of those. Each one makes a different type of like specially Dimos, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you take them all out, we get a transmission from Miyuki Inaba requesting that all the pilots listen to her. And she says, I'm going to try reaching the mainframe. If I can, this nightmare will finally end, but I can't do it without help. I need you to protect the terminals from Dimos intrusion. And then Iori says, you're fixing the mainframe? You mean the big underground computer? Uh, so confirmed that uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jiro Izumi did a lot of work on the UFO. Right. Uh, and then Hijiyama says, I see. So this is Okino's last resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Inaba says, your survival hinges on this. If universal control can finish processing my commands, you'll get through this alive. If we can keep the Daimos from interrupting the process before the mainframe destroys your world... We can save everyone. I just need time. The rest is up to you. Please mm-hmm. protect the terminals from the Dimos. And so this is where I said that I got confused about if universal control is good or bad. <laughs> because in yeah, Shu's story, universal control was trying to stop her from communicating uh, right. with Shu. And here it seems like they are the ones that are going to save the day or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just very interesting. I, I, I don't Very interesting. Yeah. I also think it's funny that she comes on to be like, you, I need you to protect the terminals. It's like, that's what we've been doing <laughs> yeah, this whole time. What do you time. think <laughs> like, we've been doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we will continue <laughs> doing the thing we were doing. Right. So yeah, that's that's all the destruction stuff, I believe. Mm-hmm. Neat. I, do you have any additional, <laughs> additional theory stuff besides the things we've kind of touched on? I have a few things from analysis that I wanted to touch on because sure. I after now that we unlocked more mystery points, I just went wild. Yeah, let me. Um, yeah. I used all of them already. Yeah, I'll see what you got and then I'll, I'll unlock some. Sure. As well. Yeah, good idea. OK, so um, I had unlocked Drone's Brain, uh, Shikishima Interstellar Development Project, which no new no new info from that. OK, um, Shikishima Industries. Similarly, no new info. I noticed that Jiro Karabi's entry was updated to discuss the different doses of nano machines he's gotten mm-hmm. and the most recent dose was created by tamal karabe thought that was interesting mm-hmm. i unlocked laboratory which we talked about residential district dome i unlocked fluffy and what was interesting about that is that it confirms there are two different cats interesting okay mm-hmm. and shintaro is also on there right. so i think that must be the actual cat right, let me which means shintaro. okino yeah you unlock shintaro let's hear it a cute stray cat that Tsukasa Okino takes care of at Sakura High. He started living on campus when Okino happened upon him and began to feed him. He's earned quite a few fans at the school. He looks like Fluffy, but they are mm. two different cats. Okay. Um, what the fuck? And I guess now that we're, while we're on the subject, I'll just do some theory crafting here. Yeah. Fluffy says something in A's 57% scene. Mm-hmm. When the cat starts talking yes. to A, 
A is like, this must be a trick. And Fluffy says, the only trick here is my genius. Cats aren't stupid, unlike humans, especially you. Mm-hmm. Someone, theoretically, I think Ida, has put a copy of themselves into a cat. Mm-hmm. Figured out how to do the brain stuff with the cat or created like a cat android or something. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that he's saying, I, I had this genius idea because cats aren't stupid, unlike humans. <laughs> so you think the cat version of whoever put their personality in here is like, I'm better than the original? Uh, well, yeah, I think that their point is like, I, I needed another one of me or something. <laughs> and I had the idea to put it in a cat. And it was genius of me. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I I just thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Other things that I unlocked. BJ and it said a lot of stuff that we already know. And then he's the Miura that escaped into a drone before Sentinel number 17 was shifted from the Kaiju in 2064. So I think 2064 is when we see everything go wrong. And Morimer is like, I'm just going to shift people all over the place to save them. Right. Yeah. So I guess before that happened, the Miura AI that was in Sentinel number 17 Oh, but that was later. That was in the 2100s, right? Uh, that might have been 2064. Let me. Uh, yes, I literally brought me right to it. That's 2064. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. So then this makes sense. Yeah. So he escaped into BJ. Okay. And that's why he's looking for the memory cell because he's looking for the. The code. For the thing. The, the, the decrypted and codes. Yes. I unlocked 426. Okay. It identifies him as Juro Izumi. Also funny, the image there is not like. It's not the Juro Izumi that we've seen anywhere. It's just like, just like a guy. Hold on. Yeah, it's just like a. Oh, weird. Yeah, just like a. It's like it's a, a silhouette, silhouette of, a, of a person. A buff dude. A really buff dude with like, I have to like, a great this guy's ass. caked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so, okay. So, yeah. So And so it says. Um, his real name is Jiro Izumi. He's already dead and currently exists as a replication that is based off of the memory information written onto Sector Zero. Mm-hmm. He had previously been researching ways to download memories from the inner Lossiter and how to get into the production line of the Dimos code. He escaped confinement through transferring his own data into an android that looks like Tomi Kisaragi. The Kisaragi android that 426 was using as his body got destroyed during the battle against the Tamau Karabe android in 1985. He then took over the Tamau android's body and managed to escape. So that that basically makes the Kisaragi and uh, the Tamau android entries obsolete because it says exactly mm-hmm. those things. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> bummer. That's a bummer. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have read that. No, I mean, you. I still wouldn't have known what it would what it, what it said, you know? Yeah. But. Oh, good point. Weird. So, yeah, I just I unlocked Android mm-hmm. and I explained that they have like the skeletal structure of a human and like silicone skin that makes them just look like they could be human. Yeah. Um, it says the battery allows it to operate for 120 years before it needs to be recharged. So f- Is- technically it could live from 1945 to 2065. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's the entire yeah. span that they're able to time travel. Mm hmm. Interesting, right? Very interesting. Very interesting. And then finally, I unlocked Magical Gun. Okay. Let's see. Things of note. It is identical to the one used by Morimura in Juro's dream. 
says those who get shot by the magical gun are forced into a game of survival uh, and an apparatus that uses compressed air to inject miniature capsules of nanomachines into a human body, also known as a syringe gun. So you were right. It's like the same as the ampule. Um, Interesting. Um, I just unlocked control key. Uh, The control key is a program code within one of the 15 individuals until the world gets destroyed. The one with the key unknowingly broadcasts command signals from their body that create and beckon the kaiju. So great. Let's see here. Okay. What if I unlocked hot dog? (laughs) I listen, follow your heart. No, the hot dog looked so fucking good. Um, we have a choice between the invasion of 2064 or in the invasion of 2025. Oh, damn. I'm interested in both of those, but I think 2064 yeah, that's what yeah, say. might be chunkier. Uh, 2064, a defensive battle that took place toward the center area of Ashitaba City in 2064. Uh, Jiro Karabe Izumi, uh, Ryoko Shinonome, and A. Sekigahara were among the Sentinel pilot force during this battle. Sentinel 15, piloted by Sekigahara, shut down the systems of all their Sentinels, causing the front line to collapse. Morimura prioritized the lives of the pilots and force transmitted all Sentinels. Tetsuya Ida stayed behind and fought using a remotely controlled Sentinel. So that was number seven is the autonomous one, right? Uh, eight is the autonomous eight one. Eight was the autonomous one. I was just, I, it took me a second to respond because I was thinking about how Ida definitely f- did this and faked his own death. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, um, yeah, didn't we, wasn't that con- pretty much confirmed in Ryoko's chapter? Because like nobody had seen him for a while and then he like showed up and rescued her yeah. and then just disappeared again. yeah. But I'm just sort of like I I'm just sort of like making the connection for the first time. I think that like he was responsible for this, I guess, to prevent Morimura from executing Operation Aegis. Sure. And then was like, oh, you guys go ahead. I'll stay behind, yeah. like specifically to fake his own death. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's my theory. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I think it's also worth mm-hmm. noting that there is an Ida and this age Morimura and also in 2100, it's this same aged Morimura talking to the slight to like the 20 year old Ida in shoes body. Right. That's interesting. And yeah, some weird shit. Unless I guess maybe she is the 120 year old Android. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. There's so many of her. <laughs> the one is in a creepy child body. Yeah. I already didn't like I was already unsettled because, as I've mentioned before, I don't like the adult voice actor doing a squeaky child's voice thing that that just always feels it's like the audio version of Uncanny Valley almost. (laughs) Um, And then to have that that squeaky child voice talk like an adult, it's hurting my brain um, (laughs) and my body and my soul. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So, yeah, that's that's theory time. Yeah. And uh, destruction and stuff. Uh, would you like to move on to rankings or have you once again not changed your rankings? Um, no, I have some. Oh, I have some big okay, changes. Cool. Me too. My changes this week. A Sekigahara is moving up from a B to an A. Enjoyed him very much this week. He like he doesn't have a ton of personality still, mm-hmm. but he seems like a nice boy and his um, friendship with robo miura is extremely wholesome mm-hmm. whenever anybody says we're friends right and the other person says of course we are yeah uh that just gets me right in the field yeah. so yeah. um he has been elevated someone who has fared a much worse fate is 
of course, we all knew it was coming. Shiwamiguchi. Mm-hmm. I had him at a B mm-hmm. um, because I had really enjoyed, again, his friendship with Miura. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's uh, it speaks volumes to me if you're nice to Keitaro Miura, the best boy. Um, not the best boy, but one of the best. Who's the best boy is Captain Pompadour. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the absolute foulness of A, like not only do we see Shu do this like nasty, like just wear her down until she goes on a date with you thing. But like, like you as the player are forced to do it <laughs> yeah. and it feels rotten. It's just awful. Yeah. So um, he, he has found himself in level. You know what? I'm actually a new one. Yeah. I'm going to add a new, a one. new level. Okay. So I'm going to revise what I said. He has not been dropped to a D because D is uh hell hath no fury with uh, Ryoko and, oh, um, sure. and Megumi. Um, I have put him in a, a new category E for ew. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's where he is. So just to recap, cause I know Sue's going to make a little image of this and it'll be easier for him if I do it this way from the bottom up, we have a uh, Goto in F, also, I can't believe he's not a high school student. Shu in E for ew. D, Hell Half No Fury is Megumi and Ryoko. C, we have Juro Karabe, just the most uh, saltine cracker boy I've ever known. B is Yori Fuyusaka. Uh, A, we have Hijiyama, Natsuno, Miura, and Sekikahara. S, Yuki and Kisaragi. Mm. And above all of them, Captain Pompadour leading the pack. Mm-hmm. So those are my rankings this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was wrong last week when I said that my rankings were perfect and correct. They were wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so mine have a few as well as a uh, complete category adjustment. Oh, I love this. I'm going to go top to bottom for for the sake of drama okay. and then I can go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so up at the top, we have now adjusted the categories so that S is at the top uh, with Tomi, Natsuno, Yuki, and Nenji Ogata. Uh, below that is So Cold, So Sweet with Takatoshi Hijiyama. Mm-hmm. Uh, below okay. that is A, which we have now moved one Keitaro Miura and a Sekigahara up from B to A. Mm, uh, love that. In B, we still have Ryoko and Iori. C, again, for Saltine, <laughs> uh, is Jiro <laughs> Karabe. Um, in D, because I don't have this as like a special category it's just d um is megumi and shu amaguchi Mm. can't believe he's a high school student just like us also f is now empty because there is a category below that just called (laughs) hell um and that is where reserved for child kidnappers that is where ren yagoto lives um oh i love that he is in hell yeah so that's i love (laughs) those are my rankings um shu is just absolutely rancid vibes um with the dating stuff and then all of his Mm -hmm. uh ida memories are also just fucking terrible so even if he's like feels bad if he feels about that bad about that later which like he should maybe he'll go up a little bit and also i'm sensing that maybe he's gonna do something like actually really fucked up for ryoko which is gonna fully redeem her in my eyes yeah that's true well but here's the thing him being fucked up doesn't justify her being fucked up. Let's be clear. No. Well, <laughs> because here's a here a, a little residual theory that didn't come to me until I was doing rankings. Mm-hmm. I think Ryoko is like some sort of Tomi personality thing that he modified to oh. like not remember that she was Tomi, but to still love him. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Nasty. That's gross. Icky, icky. It's icky and bad. Um, yeah, that's really icky. So I will say too, I guess there is a world where because it clearly is his intention to to destroy. Well, I don't know if he wants to 
destroy humanity, but he doesn't want Operation Aegis to happen. Right. He, well, he wants them. He wants them to have another chance. He doesn't want them to just keep looping until they die. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I reserve the possibility that like whatever wrong. Sh- well, no, it's kind of clearly not that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll find out. But yeah. um, I I would like to propose um, even if just informally, in case you just want to keep that as not a special category. But for your level A, mm. A for a beautiful friendship. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that next week. We'll see. Sweet. <laughs> um, but otherwise, okay. that means the episode's over, gang. Uh, covered a lot of ground. We are at 59% remembrance. I believe 45% destruction. Pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting there <laughs> slowly, Indeed. but surely. Uh, if you like this show, tell a friend, tweet about it. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast aggregate you use that has a rating function. (laughs) If you like our music, you should check out Amaranthin. His links are in the show notes. I believe he's still got commissions open. If you have a podcast or a game or or something, or uh, or if you need something copywritten, head over to his Twitter, which I guess I will also link. If you like our art, you should check out Scout Wilkinson's Kofi page, ko-fi dot co slash humblegoat. The link is in the show notes. I don't know why I said the whole thing. Because Scout also, I think, still might have some commissions open. So you should get your hands on those while you can. Hell yeah. She does icons. She does D&D characters. She does portraits. Uh, It's all good and it's all great. And you should check it out. Uh, Those links are in show notes. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, we're at AsyncPod. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at AJ Flary. I am at Okimmies. And all of those links are in the show notes we will see you soon at some point and i hope you have a good time (laughs) Uh, kim do you have any final words for us today just a question for you aj sure we're friends right of course bye (laughs) bye Garbage. The online.